This is a HeadGum Podcast. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Cheryl Hines. Tig no taro. Oh Did I say my it God. right? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Mm. It's taken 15 long <laughs> years. <laughs> Today's our 15th anniversary. And boy, do we have a... How uh, are we going to celebrate? Sh- I know how, how we will. Celebrate. We're going to do a podcast that's going to knock your no. socks off. <laughs> yeah. Happy anniversary. anniversary. Uh, it's not It would really be weird if we knew the exact date that we met. <laughs> I probably could find it because I have an ah. archive of uh, shows on my website and we that met at the cute. improv. That would be cute. Yeah. I'll find it. Tick, today we talk about uh, the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, making out with the people like uh, Charlie Sheen. Not just the 90s, but yeah. v- a very different version of the 90s than I had. I'll tell you that oh, much. same. Yeah. <laughs> that is not <laughs> at all what I was up to. You weren't hanging out the... with Michael Jackson in uh, uh, Bubbles? No. I mm. was I was listening to the Indigo Girls. Yeah. And uh, I think Mm-mm. I was in Denver. I was in Austin. But anyway, today we have a very special guest on, mm-hmm. um, and she, ooh, I said she, is going to tell us um, a lot about um, her experiences, if you will. Even if you won't. <laughs> okay. Uh, everybody, g- germs and ladies, that's definitely not how it goes. Ladies and germs, ladies and gents, La- j- ladies and, okay, ladies and jerks. Please welcome to Kid 90. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. I am the first ever podcast. And Tig and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Tig. Cheryl. It's me, Tig. <laughs> How's it going? It's going pretty well. If if anybody cares, I'm in Toronto. I don't think they care. Hey, Tig, guess where I am? It's where I'm from. Mm. <laughs> Is it near Florida? <laughs> I'm in Florida. You're at, at Cracky's at house. house. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sitting in the corner. Okay. But listen, Mm -hmm. we have a really fun episode. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know. We have a special guest. We do. Who's like, she's she's 
she's laughing already. Should I? Should we introduce the documentary first, or should we introduce our guests? Let's inter- introduce the documentary first. So today we're talking about Kid 90. Mm-hmm. Kid 90 is a 2021 documentary film directed and produced by Soleil Moon Fry. Soleil achieved fame at age seven when she played the titular character on the NBC sitcom Punky Brewster. Oh, my God. We have so much to talk about. In the 90s, Soleil began carrying a video camera with her and extensively documenting her teenage years. The documentary is the first time Soleil has reviewed the tapes, which are intercut with present-day interviews with many of her friends from that time. Kid 90 is available to watch now on Hulu. Soleil, welcome to the show. I I am so honored to be here with you guys. This is going to be great. Do not speak too soon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, Soleil, can I tell you something that you I can tell me anything, please? I can't possibly get started on this show without explaining this to you. I used to be part of a podcast um, almost ten years ago, and we used to um, talk about science and outer space and <gasps> things like this. What? I, I love science and outer space. So, okay. um, so. I, can't, I can't wait. I can't wait till you find out what I'm about to tell you. At the end of every and I'm sorry, Cheryl, but you know, we don't stay on track. And so and you have no idea what I'm about to say either. Right, Cheryl? No, I'm getting nervous. Well, it has some to do with Soleil. Okay. okay. Um, it has a lot to do. with. Soleil. Like I'm getting more and more excited by the moment. Okay. Um, so me and a couple of comedian friends of mine, um, we were one of the early podcasts and we used to end our podcast with different games and fun little things to do. And one of the games that became our signature way to end each episode was called (laughs) Name That Punky. And, um, our fan base went nuts over this game. (laughs) And uh, basically what it was, was uh, one of the hosts would talk like the guy, the... the, the George Gaines. Yes, yeah. George Gaines on so your show. They, do, they would do Henry. Yeah, yeah. They, Why he, didn't he, you call me to come do Punky? Because I would have like reenacted it for you. Uh, what, what, <laughs> here's the thing is we didn't, this is what the game was was um, my co-host would say uh, something in George, that's his name? Yeah, in Henry. I mean, George, yes, George. Yeah, yes. Okay, this elderly man, in his voice, he would imitate him saying something to Punky. Like he would say, um, oh, Punky. And then uh, me and the other co-host would have to guess what... He was saying, oh, punky about. Oh, that is amazing. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And then we would have three, which was originally supposed to be punky coins that we could... we could. You would win? Is that what you would win? No, we we would we'd gamble uh, a punky a punky coin. Oh my god! And then, this is um, amazing. No, this is horrifying. And Tig, this Cheryl, is Cheryl incredible. Pipe down. <laughs> so we would wager punky coins, and then one time I accidentally called them punky corns, Uh-oh. and then it became very popular on the show to wager punky oh corns. My god. 
and uh, we would guess, we would name that punky. And, uh, and that's how we ended our show for years. And, when, and we started doing a live tour and people would go crazy when we would end our, our shows, <laughs> our live shows with Name That Punky and people would bring punky coins. Are punky, you serious? They would bring, they'd bring homemade punky corn that what? they would wager. This is incredible. <laughs> yes. This, so. this is amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. This is, I think, part of the mm. issue. Like, a Punky Brewster, mm. my God. I mean, how long ago was was that? And this is still, like, she's still, mm. Soleil is still, I mean, people look at you and go, hey, well, Punky Brewster. Well, I've, I'm like, uh, uh, the thing is, and I really do mean this, that... So punky, I love punky so much. Like, and there's also, by the way, yeah, there's like no the one, line. there's no one that like loves her more. Like literally when I tell you that like I dressed up for like as her for years just like to make my friends laugh. Like if, if they were all stoned at night, I would be like, hold on a second. I had a great party game. Like I am completely embracing of the punky so much so that like we did the continuation and you know brought it back and and so, so you're uh, not mad at me for doing uh, name this that this punky literally is this this has made my entire week wow. uh like wow. legitimately because because i have so much love for punky so when there is love or humor around it it just makes me really happy and <laughs> when i was in junior high school i had a shirt that my mother got me where one side was one color the other side that you buttoned together was another color one sleeve was one another color another sleeve was another color and my mother called it my punky <laughs> yes. brewster shirt cause because you were all we should funky, all funky. have a punky brewster <laughs> shirt Punk, punky is like well, my inner superhero like my little uh my little action figure <laughs> but i know you're more yes. than that i know that you're a more oh, yes, layered dynamic Tig. person it, than that's just right that's punky. what i'm cheryl i don't need to be reprimanded yeah, no, on my you own do. I, do I, think you do. I do not i think you do i wish i could see you privately in the kitchen for okay. one second so i can talk to you <laughs> but we're in different countries uh, so soleil this documentary okay you like we have talked about uh you played punky brewster for how many years did you were you on we we shot it for four years so or four yeah so we did 88 episodes and um (gasps) did it favorite number (laughs) okay first of all eight is my number 88 is my number and 888 is is also mine i'm all about eights Oh, I am okay. okay. I feel nothing for one eight. Okay. I feel nothing for three eights. But okay, two eights, well, you got me. I mean, if I showed you in my phone the amount of eights. double eights, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, why do you wait? I mean, wait, what, what does that okay. mean? Cheryl, well, stay out of I, it. I've why made does it have a lot of? How would you have a lot of eights on your in your phone? Because I am all about signs oh, and double like eight, and the so universe come from through, signs from the come universe and to you uh, yes, uh, like and numbers and oh yeah, and eights. Oh, are, you have so much to talk. Are very Look at me showing up. Eighty favorite mean, number and used to end my I show mean, with name that. And then, punk, and then your punky Brewster shirt. Are, yes, I'm. T- and I had a punky I mean, Brewster shirt. She's like, why in your phone are there eight? I'm not even kidding. Like I literally. Love eights. You love eights. That yes. A so so percent. you were. So Me and you, you kid. Me and you kid. So you started the show when you were seven. Yes, I think I was like six when we did the pilot. But yeah, six, seven, like crazy little. 
I mean, that's so crazy to me. Can you imagine, Tig, when your boys are a few years older, that they become a, like a huge TV star? You know, where I they're. I can't even imagine them being a medium <laughs> TV star. <laughs> When they're seven and someone says, get up and go to work, and they mm-hmm. get up and take a shower and are on the set. And, do you know, four-year-olds get up and take showers? I'm saying seven. So like, how many kids do you have? Four. You have four kids. That's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. You're it's jumping ahead. Lot. Tig is jumping ahead. I, they, I, a lot. One's almost 16. One's <sighs> 13 going on 30. One's seven. And <gasps> one's almost five in a week. Oh, my are they and entertainers are they, they like professional are, get up and take a shower here's the thing they're all so unique uh poet my oldest is so amazing she's your oldest name, name is poet, poet? yeah <laughs> nice she's ah. an advocate she's amazing mm-hmm. she loves psychology she's just amazingly brilliant and incredible beautiful writer um jagger is amazing she's a total entertainer she's like so Mm -hmm. focused like this is what I'm gonna do I'm gonna move to New York I'm gonna do she's very committed to acting and uh and I'm like if she's anything like I was obviously there's no stopping her because I begged my mom I was like I want to do this so much so have you haven't stopped her she's acting or she she is she's also really focused on her education so Mm -hmm. a big thing for me is that yes I I'm supportive, also want to make sure that she follows through on her education and having mm-hmm. things outside of that that she loves. And of course, she wants it like yesterday. She's so mm-hmm. determined. Yeah. And uh, and so now she was like, okay, fine, I'll just write my own, my own scripts. And literally mm-hmm. over quarantine, my daughter, who was 12, wrote like a really great screenplay. And I'm like, all right, well, go you. She's like, if you're not going to make it happen, you know, like yeah, I'll faster, I'm going to make it happen faster. <laughs> Like Get up and <laughs> Very go. Very determined. And then uh, my seven-year-old's an incredible artist and so funny. <laughs> I mean, just full-on stand. I mean, you guys, like, he's ready to get out and do stand-up. Uh, so like, I'm and, a stand-up comedian. Oh, well, I um, mean, can I can I introduce you to my seven-year-old? Because uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I need an opening act in the new year when I go on tour. <laughs> Great. He comes up with some really funny ones. <laughs> Somebody needs to between the two of us. <laughs> and then the five-year-old's like into rock climbing. So he, I wow. feel like he's going to be like, he, he'll just climb on anything. It's terrifying. I wonder if he'll be one of those, what is that thing where you like Solo. Run? Like I feel like, oh, well, I feel like he's going to be like jumping from. Well, that's what I mean. Like well, like through the city. How oh, people yeah. Do oh that, yeah, totally. Whatever you know, that what thing is. is, is yes, back parkour, 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 right? Yeah. Tig, yeah. we've got to tell people. Okay, let's talk about the documentary. Jeez. So Soleil started documentary. Documentaring? <laughs> Basically. Started documenting her teen years. And then you never looked at this footage until you guys, until you decided to make this film. Not once. Not a peak. So I had locked away the tapes, yes, for over 20 years. And not a peak. No, I, so... A few times I tried to peek. Oh, no, mainly the diaries. Like every once mm-hmm. in a while, ah. I would like peek into one of the diaries. Yeah. And I had them all locked away in these Tupperware containers. 
mm-hmm. for like over 20 years. Tupperware. It's so crazy. Yeah, I had it keeps Tupperware. Fresh. Well, it was the 80s. With just tapes. I mean, it was, it was, the, ni- it was the 90s. Crazy. Oh, it was the 90s, right. The 90s. Well, like late 80s and the then the 90s. Yeah. See, I mean, it was it's in the 80s. So Have you guys seen the doc yet? Yes. yes. <laughs> this is what's ridiculous about our show. We see the docs, but somehow we never seem to talk about them on this podcast. Yeah. But yes, we Yes, ha- we, we saw so- the doc. But we that's why you're here. <laughs> no, I was just making no, I I know. No, yeah, no, it's a, it's a fair question. Do you think it's a coincidence that we have a, a documentary <laughs> podcast? <laughs> and we have you yeah, on. And we have I you just on. Was like I was you thought just, I was I, just like, no, I got to tell her about punky corns, <laughs> which I ha- I'm so I knew, glad that I, I was I, able uh, to tell you. I knew you had seen it, but I just wondered for a moment. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Fully saw it. So you peeked and, and, and did you, there has to be stuff that you looked at and you were like, there's no way. Yeah, so basically I, I I realize now that it was very much a subconscious thing because I turned 40 and I had a lot of questions about like, did things happen the way that I remembered them? And I was mm-hmm. starting to feel, you know, I had this beautiful family mm-hmm. and I started to wonder who am I in addition to this family. And I realize now that on a subconscious level, I started opening up the tapes for that reason. Mm-hmm. I did not realize what was on the tapes. I didn't know what was on the tapes. I didn't know what was in the diaries, and I think I just locked it away because ultimately there was so much love and joy, and there was also a great deal of pain. And and so yeah, I, I really hadn't I hadn't watched them, I hadn't looked at them, I hadn't really peeked at them. Um, I was tempted to, and if I ever did, you know, for a second, I'd be like, oh, I, I, I'm not. I, I think I just wasn't ready. I think yeah, that I, I must have known on a subconscious level that there was just so much in there. And then when we started the doc, like I, my plan was to make it about everyone but me. Mm-hmm. And so I tried so hard to make it about everyone else. And then as the onion peeled back more and more and more, it just became this more and more personal journey. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, because it was literally through your lens. Did you well, see what I'm saying, Tig? I'm talking about filmmaking and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also about life. You can see it through a camera lens, but also through your own eyeballs and how you see things, mm-hmm. Tig. But then also people, you know, were filming you. There were times it wasn't yeah. it wasn't through your lens. Other people, um, yeah. is that something where you were like, "Hey, film me," or somebody would grab no, your camera? No, just people would pick up. People would pick up the camera, and I think at the time because there wasn't really nobody was using these video cam. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't have social media or phones, right. and so it was kind of like a novelty where people would be like, "Oh, what is this thing?" Oh, I you know, know what it I mean? was really like- fun to see people <laughs> so excited to see a video camera <laughs> and to look through it and to be like, "Whoa!" You would look so dumb. <laughs> If you were going to parties now with a video camera, <laughs> people would be like, who invited this nerd? <laughs> Take your video camera oh my God. and scram clown. Well, scram clown. That is so funny. Literally, so you guys, a week ago, my stepdad, this is so mm-hmm. crazy, sends me a picture and somehow, it's like literally, I feel like I'm in a movie inside of a movie. I'm like, how do, would you even write this? 
literally mm. my my mom and stepdad live like hours away and and we moved out of my childhood home many years ago and he finds another box of tapes, oh. you guys. Oh, my God. Like gi- and one of them says Canada. So I- I'm oh. really curious what's on the Canada tape. Um, oh. I'm curious what's on all the tapes. So yesterday for Mother's Day, they bring it over. Sequel. And there's there's these, mi- right? There's these <laughs> mixed tapes. And so I'm like, we've got to get a tape player. So I go I go to the kids. I'm like, where is the Walkman that I got you at the beginning ah. of quarantine so we're running around the house last night trying to find like walk a way to play is it a cassette are they cassettes because i was like they're cassettes they're like mixed tapes right and i'm like i've got to hear these so we're running around the house trying to find this walkman that i got them that i was like oh i'm gonna be so cool to like teach them what a walkman is they bring it up and i'm like trying to play it and i'm like where's the charger and i'm like oh can I cuss? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Wait, hold, wait. Oh, Please don't take oh, a no. charger. So then she I'm like, double batteries. But the batteries, like, don't work anymore. And it was so funny because I feel like I live, like, time is just folded over. And I live between this, like, wormhole of, like, space time. Decades. I remember <laughs> when I, you know, not to go off track here, but I remember that when my godmother mm. brought a Walkman over to our house I was just like I'm sorry you're saying I can walk around and listen to music yes um <laughs> I am sorry. I the first time I saw an iPod that's re- that's more recent no but Cheryl. it was nobody was crazy because uh We're talking about like the wheel. (laughs) Peter Gallagher, we were on a plane and he shows me like the little tiny, Mm. you know, iPod. And he said, there are over a thousand songs on this. (laughs) And I was like, that's not possible. He's like, Cheryl, I'm telling you, in this little machine, you can put any song you want and listen to it. And I was like, what? That's crazy, Peter Gallagher. The iPod that I had was like an inch thick and five inches long. And I still had it until about seven years ago. And I remember people were making fun of me because they were like, oh, (laughs) They, they've gotten a lot smaller, Tig. I, I'm such a hoarder. I still have all of them. Oh, my gosh. And that's so funny you said that because I remember giving birth to my first kid and literally it was this big, right? This thick. Yeah. You know, so like, like an inch wide yeah, or something. Yeah. And I was and like, you press Wait, a I can... button. Yes. And, and I had so and I had that same feeling that you thing. guys did, which is like, what? I can have like thousands of songs on my like delivery playlist. Like this is crazy. It's like magic. Okay, listen, you guys, let's get back to the talk. Be- before <laughs> we get back to it. Yes. Talking about your hip, cool space age video camera. Yes. Let us not forget. And I dated somebody that had one of these, okay? Let us not forget the video camera that had the actual VHS slot that you open (laughs) and slide an entire VHS tape into. And then close that door. And then you walk around with basically, what, six bricks on your shoulder? And people are like... Oh my God! Did a spaceship just land? This is so high um, tech. Yeah, it's so high tech. I'm still getting used to my Walkman that I can just walk around town with a a cassette plugged into anything. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. But so, so I think it's fair to say that this documentary, you started recording things way after mm-hmm. Punky Brewster was over. Yeah. But by the way, when, you, when Punky Brewster was at its height, you're meeting... Nancy Reagan and Johnny Depp and Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's monkey. Gee, I have a crazy Michael Jackson story oh. at some point. You'd be the first. I would <laughs> like to hear it. So I went to a Bruce Springsteen, love Bruce Springsteen, oh, concert. Same. With he, oh, love. And we went and he and Elizabeth Taylor were there and I Michael. gave him this like, yeah. yeah. And we were like in a box. We Somehow I had a friend who knew him. It was crazy. This is like the height of punky, right? Wildness. Wait, how and old were you? I was She's like, like eight, not eight or nine, okay. and then he had. And then it was he the had, height of punky, Cheryl. No more and, stupid and I, questions. And I, gave, I gave him a yo-yo, and he was like playing with it under the table. Wait, and, Michael or the monkey? Yeah. Michael, is that good or something? And then Elizabeth Taylor had this gigantic ring that I thought was out of a 25-cent machine because I had never seen a ring so big. Like, I thought it was, like, one of those, like, pretend, you know. And then, yeah, like, sure. a week later, I went to his house, and you guys, I was supposed to be with a group of people, and the group of people left, and I ended up in a jacuzzi with Michael Jackson. All of the words you just said uh, are intense. First of all, you were <laughs> at a concert in a, in a box. 
Was your mom there? My mom was there. Yeah. Okay. So you guys were hanging out with with Michael and How Elizabeth. How do you yeah. end up and then in a, a hot, hot tub, tub with, with Michael? Michael I have Jack. not. I told you I can blow your minds, you guys, on the tangents that I can go off on. Okay, but did he invite you when you were in the box? Was he like, you got to come over to my house? Yeah, and we had. I had friends in con- like I I knew I had a friend whose family was mm-hmm. working with him, and so like a week later, I get invited over there, and there's a group of people. And first of all, we watch Willy Wonka. He has Willy Wonka, like, in the Chocolate Factory in a movie theater. And we're, I mean, did you guys, I did not expect this to go down the Michael Jackson route. Although it's oh, no. so, we welcome it's, it. it's, it's, it's like, it's so fascinating, right? But we have to so. just immediately <laughs> jump to, did you find him weird or inappropriate or? I mean, looking back, I think I still am putting together the pieces. <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. it is all, the whole thing is so surreal. At the mm. time, I didn't think it was as crazy and mm-hmm. and it definitely in retrospect like is pretty fascinating. Sure. And so you get an invitation. You're ha- what do you talk to Michael Jackson about in a hot tub as an 8-year-old? So I felt like it was a very adult conversation. Like we had a very by the way, my yeah. mom had no clue. My mom thought I was there with like a group of friends. It, the friends started to like leave. And so, so my mom didn't know that I was actually there with Michael alone. Somebody had to drive you there. Oh, she did. But when I, when, when my mom dropped, when my mom Mm. and I went there, there was a household full of people. Mm. So she thought like, and there was adults and kids, you know what I mean? It wasn't like she was like, oh, I'm, and then when she came to get you, and then when she came to get me, she was like, what is going on? Where is everybody? (laughs) We're over here in the hot tub, in the arcade with bubbles. <laughs> with, with bubbles, I'm, I'm bubbles, not, the monkey. I'm, I'm not sure if I even told my mom at the time. I mean, really, it is wild. I'm sure you found yourself in a lot of uh, situations where, first of all, a kid would never be normally, and then, and then when you became a teenager, when you're watching this film, it looks like, I mean, it seemed like you guys didn't have a care in the world and you were just all sort of hanging out and doing drugs can I say that Cheryl people heard that <laughs> literally one of my favorite scenes is the mushrooms uh, or the the moments one of the highlights in my life um, <laughs> was us in the poppy fields that was very funny <laughs> here's the thing no in all honesty like we yeah. we were very innocent for so much of our like youth and we did have our innocence and I can speak for myself at least you Mm -hmm. know we would go to amusement parks and play and hang out and my house was kind of like summer camp and everybody was there and my mom would cook these yeah your house seemed fun and your mom seemed cool it was like our real life eighth grade you know we just there was a very small group of us that were all really really close and had very authentic friendships and we would go to school and just hang out and dance around and hang out in parking lots and laugh. And and then certainly, like, once we got to a certain age where some kids experiment, like, I started experimenting a little bit. And when I tell you, like, I think that was one of the only times – I mean, I've maybe done them, like, a few times in my entire life. That happened to be one of them. I just happened to have a video camera. So whereas – I know. That's so That you did mushrooms. Yeah. And, mm. and literally – for me, it was just I was documenting everything. So yeah, we would get we'd go out and you know and you hung out in parking lots. Yeah, like the Formosa Cafe. We would like go hang out in the parking lot, and we we were just having so much fun. And I think the thing is, I, I think so many of the things we did are things that people do all over the place, right? Like they experiment with drinking and this and that. And you know what I mean? 
I was telling my wife that when I was a kid, we used to go hang out in a parking lot at the mm. grocery store, and she was like, "Who hangs out at a parking lot? What were we oh, doing? Oh, we a would listen lot? to music and like oh blast my god, the we'd music sit and on just like the hood. run around the car. Yeah, yeah, we'd sit on yes. the hood of the car, listen to music, and Stephanie was like, "No, yes. who, who on earth? I can't wait till she and, finds out so late." And the thing that's been so amazing about the response is to see that to your point about how we make something through our own lens my dream was that other people would be able to view it through their own lens and to hear these shared experiences from other people Mm. has been so amazing because like this was just us growing up and yeah there was like the partying that that I like experimented or you know things like that but really there was also a great deal of innocence and I know it sounds crazy coming off of Michael Jackson to a great deal of innocence it was a very surreal world and Mm -hmm. yet there was a lot of grounding in my home of a you know of a really amazing dynamic family have your kids seen the documentary my daughters yeah they've I mean my 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 oldest filmed quite a bit of of the like when I was reading my diaries and things Mm -hmm. like that and and they've been Um. so supportive and I think so much of of me getting to a place of being able to share it and come to terms with so much of my experiences was also having daughters that were coming of age as well and you know how so many people are like oh no no no, I've experienced it you know when you tell your kids and they're like, yeah, right. And I'm like, no, yeah. no, no. I really right. went through Watch something. Watch my yeah, documentary. I'm like, I'm like, Watch this. But it's opened up a line of communication for us. And I, I'm not saying that everybody parents this way or that it's it works for everyone. For us, it's created an honest conversation. And I think mm-hmm. for me, that's really important that, that I can have that and talk to them and that I hope they feel like they talk to me. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing that you have so much footage. I mean, that's why this film is standing out to people and just the idea that you were what's the word I don't know aware enough at the time to know that this was going to be it would somehow be important later for you or maybe at the time you were just doing it for entertainment I mean at the time would you go back and watch the footage or was it just you were just shooting 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 stuff and then you put it away it was very much the teen journalist in me and I I really every once in a while would look at a tape but really I was just documenting it and then putting it away and putting it away and Mm -hmm. I really do believe we come into this life with that sole purpose inside that is just so innate in our inner being and that there was this part of me that just wanted to doc there that I just it was that spark inside were you at all into documentaries I love documentaries yeah when you were a kid when I was a kid you know when I was a kid I was super into journalism I I think more than anything I was fascinated by people and I loved the colorful world of people Mm -hmm. my dad was a civil rights activist my mom was an activist I was taught at an early age that you take pain you turn it into art and I loved I would always, I was always like the five-year-old asking the taxi driver about like, you know, what their life story was. So I think it was, it was that I just was fascinated by the world around me mm-hmm. and colorful people and stories and that we each have our story. And I wanted to know as much as I could about people's stories. In this film and part of your story that I found really interesting, it's interesting and heartbreaking and fascinating. So so you were the, the cute little girl, huge star, and everybody thought of you as this little, sweet, 
fun girl. And then, yeah. and then you started developing. Yeah. So you started getting um, yes some larger breasts. Yeah. Shall we say well, at yeah, an that's early age. Well, I know, but it's it's delicate. I, I'm so down to talk about it. I went from like a little, you know, just this this little girl to like a triple D E in like a matter of uh, of a few years, and it was so fast. My development happened so fast. That had to be strange. It was so strange because suddenly people are you know, looking at so, you, yeah, completely totally different. differently. Yeah. And there's the objectification and all of, of that that I felt, and not to mention like my back pain and you know my insecurities and you know bending over and just try to and, and, make and them look smaller. Every, yeah, and everywhere I would go, people would be like punky hooters or perky, you know, like punky boobster, or per, you know, and and for me, I know I I certainly developed insecurities around it, and then I was like, I I want to do this thing that's gonna help myself and help others and that's when I decided to do my breast reduction and how old were you then because I was I was 15 see that's so crazy so and it's so wild (sighs) and 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 what I think Cheryl what I think is so fascinating about it too is the way that this is so timeless because I look at my daughters and they are so developed as well and I think about how much it is is magnetized now with social media right. and I see so many of the same things happening to them yet it's magnified times a million and I wonder what are the long-term effects on young people today because hmm. we are treating them the same way and yet now there's cyberbullying there's this there's yeah. that I mean there's so much to it to be 15 um and to make a that kind of decision that's going to you know that you live with for the rest of your life after you had your breast reduction, did you ever, you know, I don't know, when you're 30, say, oh, what did I do? How could I have oh, done that when I was that mm, age? Or no I'm, no, I'm so grateful. I mean, I remember not being able to, you know, I, I'd want to go horseback riding, you know, or have an experience, like go roller skating with my friends or just anything. And my back was in so much pain. My shoulders had indention. Like, I mean, it was, it was really hard. And I love being voluptuous. I'm totally comfortable same. being voluptuous same, same. I, I mean I love Not it I'm same. like I am <laughs> I am down with it um it was just that the back pain and the, all mm. of that it made it so hard to and how did you decide on and listen you don't have to answer any of these I questions answer if you don't anything. Anything. but how did you decide on the size I mean when you're 13 and you develop well, so quickly and then when you're 15 and you say oh I'm going to get breast right. reduction I, I mean and I didn't know if they were going to grow back like I didn't know right. if they would continue growing, growing. They do, Keep don't growing. they? For a I while? mean, mm. for a while, right? So I had a very different experience. <laughs> I love being voluptuous, so I wanted to mm-hmm. stay voluptuous. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. more the back pain and everything else. So that was how I decided was I wanted to still stay voluptuous, knowing that I could potentially grow a little more. Mm. So I chose on a C, I mean, I'm way oversharing here. I hope you guys are okay with it. That's this. all we do on I this chose show, whether people want to hear it or not. I chose a C cup mm-hmm. because I felt like if I went up to a D, I'd be cool, which I have like okay. since then gone back and forth. Well, and okay. That was how I chose. Okay. See, I, <laughs> um, I had whatever the smallest size is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then um uh, and then you know thanks to cancer i had um both of them removed and tossed i'm assuming into a dumpster in an alley in oh, hollywood tig, somewhere that's what? so tig, dark I'm and so sad sorry. like like the surgeon went out to the dumpster just and just like flicked them ta- just <laughs> tossed them oh. out of a window into a dumpster and there's oh. rodents fighting over them no don't but I have to say, after my double mastectomy, um, I don't know if anyone even noticed. (laughs) I don't know if anyone was like, oh, they're gone, (laughs) those things. But, uh, Ben, that's a question, too. Like, did you do you ever look back and think, oh, maybe I should have done reconstructive surgery? Well, I guess you still could. Yeah. No, I, you know, when I was uh, in the middle of it all, and I was going to see different surgeons and they were like, oh, you know, because I had to get, I had to talk to different surgeons, different reconstructive surgeons, different oncologists. It was all happening so fast. And every time I was meeting with somebody, it was like, um, yeah, you know, we'll just, you know, take some fat out of this and move this here and then cut that off and move. And I was just sitting in every uh, meeting with a surgeon thinking, I can't even imagine. I can't imagine. I mean, I I didn't I didn't feel attached enough to my chest to have other parts of my body removed and and do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I mean, I felt attached to my body. I think that was the crazy part was mm. when they said I had to have both. I had to have a double mastectomy. I remember thinking, "Oh my gosh, I haven't really thought enough about my body." to realize like I like my body I don't Uh want it to change yeah and so it was the scariest feel I remember in my head when I was being rolled on the gurney down the hallway to surgery I remember just in my mind picturing my hands just dragging along the walls of the hallway even though they weren't just in my mind I just I did not want to have this surgery I didn't want my body to change yeah and then when I came out of surgery and went through recovery, um, I kind of felt, <laughs> I felt uh, eight years old again because my chest was completely flat. And it, I just, it, it was a weird thing to feel um, like a child again. Like you, like, like you reversed. Yeah, it was, it ended up being a positive in that, I don't know. I think what you are saying is so empowering and incredible and I spent a great deal of time thinking about our perspectives of ourselves mm-hmm. and and that that feeling because so much of this experience was an experience of really discovering self-love mm-hmm. and the fact that you were so strong and came out of it and and recognized that is so beautiful and I look at so many peers, you know, and their view or sense of themselves. And I look at beautiful women with beautiful bodies that do. And I'm, and by the way, I'm, I can only speak for myself. Like I'm, I'm not saying I would never do anything, but I look at them and they're doing so many things to try to fix these parts of themselves Mm -hmm. that are so not broken. Like Mm -hmm. I look at it, you know what I mean? And I'm like, you are so beautiful. Like you have the greatest this or that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and it's just so fascinating because it's like we have to see it in ourselves. Like I look at my scars and I'll be like, oh, should I do? And then I'm like, that's part of my 
character. It's mm-hmm. part of like what makes me yeah. who I am. These are some of the best parts of me because they each hold a story. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I always tell people that, you know, when I, because I, I did a stand up special with my shirt off um, a few years Amazing. ago. And I remember the point I had come to was because I kept feeling compelled, like, oh, I want to I want to go on stage and do my stand up with my shirt off and not even talk about it. I just I felt so compelled because I knew it would make people uncomfortable and laugh. And especially if I just talked about like uh, airplane normal food. jokes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I have to do this. So I did it for my HBO special. And people were like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you know, that you're going to do that. And, but what came over me was scars are proof that I healed. Mm -hmm. And so that was this realization that I had of like, oh, I don't feel scarred. I feel like, oh, I have proof that I've healed. Mm -hmm. And so it was empowering to me. I Love that. I'm getting um, <laughs> you guys, I, I don't mean to switch gears. Well, I do. I do mean to oh, switch Oh, you want gears. to talk about the documentary? Yeah. This oh, okay. is the problem, Soleil. I'm the only person on here who <laughs> tries to. As I'm crying over here. <laughs> yes. Um, so can we just talk about Charlie Sheen for a second? <laughs> sure. Um, because oh God, you did watch it. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. You hung out with famous people and, and that's what's fun about the I love out of all the people. Let's, let's that's talk about Charlie. Let's talk well, I mean, because by the way, at the time Charlie Sheen was at the like, time, I come mean, on, right? I mean. At the time. At, let's just at talk the about time, like, Tig. Oh, at I missed the time. that. I, I I just I didn't know I you never knew the had a name. thing of Charlie Sheen. Like, do you no. remember Platoon Days? Yes. I mean, like literally. I mean, I had. Like, I was John Travolta. Pay. I was Eddie Van Halen. Oh, I was oh, yeah. not Charlie Sheen. Oh well. Well, <laughs> some of us were. Am I right? So like, I saw him. I saw him in movies, but I yeah, was just like, oh, I can about. see there's a person there. That's how I felt. Oh, oh go, there, there he you is. You didn't look at him I and go, hey, eyes. I could get down with the Charlie Sheen. No. no, you no. were you looked at John Travolta and said, "Hey, I could get down with the John Travolta." Sandy, <laughs> oh Sandy. no, not the second, yeah. please, no, please. <laughs> my favorite, by the way, my my daughter just got an original Grease album yesterday. Oh my god, I loved was, Grease so much. Oh, oh nice, so, um, I, and I love Grease too. Also, secretly, oh, so, I mean, not even secretly. Secrets out, secret cool writer. Is I mean, that with the Twitter I mean, is a blaze. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I want to see. Oh, 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 I mean, like, oh, I, I, I could yeah, not. I didn't yeah, see Grease no. too. No. Oh, John Travolta oh, oh. wasn't in it, right? No. no. Yeah, I had it no was business. Michelle Pfeiffer, right? You might as well yeah. put Charlie yeah. Sheen in there. Like, that's, you know. Like, oh, no, it was Maxwell. It was Maxwell Caulfield. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll just have to believe you. <laughs> so you. you were hanging out with, with people like Mario Lopez and. How did you connect with Charlie Wait, Sheen? Wait, that's again? the end of the list? <laughs> well, with Mario Lopez. <laughs> I'm like, Mark McGrath, Sarah Gilbert. These people are in the the film. But um, so you are how old? And and then I'm 50. did he remind our listeners how this came to be? Okay, I had known him for a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was 18. 
Okay. It's been, oh, all right. I was for 18 the record, in Florida. Yes. I was 18 okay. in Florida. Oh, wow. Um, we can do anything when you're 18. I, I, I was, there was a Planet Hollywood opening. Oh, Hello. Okay. Hello. Go on. We're and salivating. I, and I, <laughs> I, I might have been the one that even like, I might have been more the initiator in this situation, oh, okay. which is. Okay. Is way more information than no. We this is no, what we're here for. To, it's just yeah. us. Yeah. You know what? You know what we're I think. We're not releasing though, this is, episode. Is to be to be. We're gonna honest. put it in a time capsule. And and again, I, I I can only speak to my experience, right? Okay, that's all I had had I had had experiences before mm-hmm. that you know that were were conflicting for me that were painful for me to deal with, mm-hmm. and I think this is kind of one. This is one of those things where for me, in a way, it was. In, in wanting to own my own story, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. wanting to write something. Take charge. That, yeah. And, yeah. And again, it was a very different time. And I had a crush on him for a long time. And so I, I can only speak to my experience, which was that with me, he was very sweet. And, and okay. Are you still in so touch was, with him? You know, it's, it's, it's sweet. He actually, over the years, has reached out um, a number of times when really amazing things have happened um, throughout my life and mm-hmm. was incredibly generous towards the charity work that I've done. He has reached out at different times and just said that he's really happy for me. And That's he's nice. been very kind. And, and, um, and also before the documentary. So, I mean, well, before the documentary came out. So he's just always treated me kindly and it's funny because the diaries when I read them back were way more loving than even I had remembered them to be you know because in our teen minds if we don't talk to somebody for a few weeks it feels like months or months feels like years and when I go back through them and does he know that he's in this documentary? Or he have does. You heard he him? does. Have yes, you heard I, from him since? Uh, he, I, I have not directly spoken to him since mm-hmm. the documentary came out, although he mm-hmm. has said very kind things about me publicly and that he's very happy for me with the doc. That's nice. Well, I'm glad that he was nice to you. I'll tell you what. I was at the Comedy Central roast, I think, for Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Right? They roasted him. I don't know, but I yeah. believe you. Yeah. I was there. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. I what happened? Went, I'll tell you what happened. Oh, my God. I went to get up to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And you know who cornered me in the bathroom? Charlie Sheen? No. Oh. His wife. Or ex-wife oh, at the which time. Which one? <laughs> Den- uh, Denise. Brooke. Uh, oh. Yeah. yeah. And what did she say? Well, I come, I come walking out of my uh, my little stall, right? <laughs> yes. And uh, I come swinging out of that oh, stall, the door like swinging wide open like a saloon, right? Yeah. I'm coming out, going yeah. to wash my little paws. And uh, somebody's asking her to take a picture. And then she glances over at me. Yeah. She grabs me by the arm. Yeah. And she says, hold on a second. Wait for me. And I was like, <laughs> What? <laughs> So she's finishing up a picture in the bathroom, and I'm standing, I'm like washing my hands, going, what does this woman want? Why? First of all, why are you having to wait for her? Yeah, and I don't even know who this is. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm washing my hands, and then uh, she comes over and she goes, are you into women? Oh, oh. And I said, wow. uh, Whoa. yeah. Oh. And she said, 
Yeah, me too. Oh. And I was Ooh. like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> and then she said, um, let me give you my number. Oh. And I, I was like, okay. I, I was so confused. I was so like, I had no idea what was happening. And then um, I get her number. I mean, it was so, I was truly just like, this is amazing. Like, okay, okay. Yeah. This is I walk amazing. out and then um, my friend was waiting for me. My friend who was one of the co-hosts on the, did the name that funky. Oh. He's waiting for me. And she walks out and I, tell my friend to come over to me and I said that woman right there and I told him the whole thing and he goes that's Charlie Sheen's ex-wife I was like are you kidding me and then she comes up and she's like use my number oh wow so did you call her no I no you should have called her no why didn't you call her and when my friend because my friend was like you have to call yeah, you have to call her of course and i said listen i have had my share of cuckoo birds <laughs> over the years and if this is charlie sheen's ex-wife i do not want to sign myself up for for cuckoo birds that's quite a uh, way to try to pick somebody up what kind of person that that's your move is to be mm-hmm. I, I mean, mean i can't imagine seeing somebody yeah in the bathroom going wait for me one second like, like a oh total God, stranger grab me by the arm <laughs> and say, wait, wait for me wait for me I one mean, second and then you write down your phone number and go, you know, use it. She must have really, I mean. Had a, I mean, she, she must have really caught for her you. I, I And she was probably devastated that you never you used never it. You never called. She sat I there. Never really she's still she waiting. Never thought of <laughs> me is still again. Waiting. She's waiting. She probably grabbed other people by the arm as she made her way back. Oh, and then I was sitting back at my table and then the camera was panning to her because he went up at the end of the night you know yeah. and I guess at the end of the night is when they roast everybody else oh, right so when he was doing that the camera kept panning to her and I was and you're like she j- hey she just came up to me yeah. in the bathroom yeah <laughs> so she grabbed me by the arm she grabbed me and, wow uh, yeah I know that's listen amazing. I can't go anywhere hot tig um, so I've been trending on Twitter for being hot and sexy I'll just have you know there's a hashtag by the way I can Tig started I, I, that says like, hot tig. I don't want to I didn't disrespect start the anyone, hashtag. but I can see. I look at how beautiful you both are. Yeah, like I mean, no. Oh. Let's keep the attention on me. <laughs> I mean, I thought you were the one. Cheryl is not trending I, for being I mean, sexy AF. I thought you were gonna say I, for once. Let's I, keep the attention on our guest. I mean, no, on I, me, I, Tig. I can understand it. I, I, I mean, again, like okay, I'm trying thank to be you. respectful. Thank I, you. I know, Cheryl. I, you're I a very nice person but i'm the one trending the, the I, I love it i'm in the I new movie it. army of the dead okay Please, uh, go to theater listen so. i think we need to wind it down what why really? why she just I mean, got here <laughs> well people have listen our listeners have things to do they're surgeons they're vacuuming this is very sad because i really yeah I'm gonna i know miss you i don't want it to end <laughs> Well, you can listen to the podcast. <laughs> I, I will. And then we it's can just, be friends forever. <laughs> can I get your, do you, do you think that, that, that so we can exchange can, numbers, all of us afterwards? Yes, of so course. Can, okay, I thought you were just going for my number. Oh. I was like, I, well, I, didn't want your wife, I don't want your wife to get, you know. Yeah, Stephanie I don't said. either. Oh, yeah. You don't want to make Stephanie mad. I have mad. so much respect for Stephanie. 
She would be very upset. <laughs> so probably. Upset. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she would probably be so she'd mad. Probably care. <laughs> um, so like, let me ask you this. Ask me anything, please. And just so people know, yeah, two things that you should know about our listeners now that they're mm. gonna they're gonna leave with with Michael Jackson and Charlie Sheen. <laughs> yes, a lot of them will never. Uh, they don't watch the films some sometimes not always some watch the film and then listen and then sometimes they listen and then they go back and go oh i gotta see that film so just so so people know that i mean you cover a lot of different themes and ideas in this documentary and definitely your teen years and a lot of pain there was a lot of loss that until you're older and you can step back and say well i went through that and my friends went through that, and I didn't even realize what was happening at the time. I think a lot of people respond to that, you know. But do you ever feel like, oh, it's weird that I, I mean, going back to Punky Brewster, that I was like Punky Brewster when I was eight years old, and, you, you know, you had the eyeballs of the world on you then, and then you had to, you know, be a real person after that. Was that strange? Do you ever think, oh, I wish it was, you know, Punky Brewster when I was 30 and I had grown up a little? No, I mean, I'm a big believer in life that our experiences happen for us and and not to us. And I really am so grateful. Like I've, I've had such a amazing life. And to be able to continue to do what I love I really believe that this this whole experience has been this coming of age of both the teen me and adult me, you know, coming together at the same time. And to be able to now feel like I was able to forgive that little girl that was feeling so many insecurities and shame and all those things that are wrapped up in some of our experiences when we, you know, think that we've put ourselves in certain situations that that have led to that and for the little girl me to ask the adult me you know who have you become have you made your life worthy are you living with purpose my entire life has changed from this documentary completely wow that's so interesting you know, I mean, why why just because it because you've taken a step back and you it gives you a chance to look in and analyze and or and or is it that now people are sort of seeing you again in the for, for for multiple reasons you know in in that I always thought that aliveness and spark was associated with youth you know and when mm-hmm. I started unlocking the tapes and the diaries I rediscovered that part of me that for so many years and I love my children and I love being a mother and I loved being a wife I had really put that part of me, that artistic part of me, that spark that we talk about being ingrained in us from that early age, and it kind of put that away. And when I opened up the box, Pandora's box, I was never going to put that back. So it changed my relationship. It changed my marriage. It changed the way in which I communicated with my kids to the point that now, you know, I've gone through this transformation. I call it transformation because divorce and separation feels like not something you experience that happened since the documentary yeah Yeah. is it because um, of the documentary I think what happened is we just you know I have so much love for him and we Mm -hmm. just grew in different ways and in me it's almost like I became much more who I once 
was through the course of it and mm. it changed our interaction Dynamic. so much and I think it mm. was a big part of it because I unlocked so much of myself that it was like I the the way that I looked at the world you know was so was so much through this new perspective which was wow. so so interesting and again you know we had grown so much and yet we were growing in different ways and I just have so much love for him and for our kids but yeah since the documentary like I mean so much has has evolved that's intense that is intense and then do you are you what are you doing now because it seems like you should be directing films thank you so very focused on directing and then have had the most amazing time doing the continuation of Punky which has been so much fun Um, and then the work that I'm really next to my children most proud of is the work that I get to do with CORE which is the incredible nonprofit um, founded by Ann Lee and Sean Penn and I have the incredible honor of working with them and since I've been working with Sean since and and since uh, the earthquake in Haiti soon after the earthquake in Haiti um, and uh, in the last since last March not this last March the March before We've done over 2 million vaccinations and tested over 5.9 million people across the nation um, for COVID-19. So, uh, so core is really my, my heart and soul and and so much of, of my life. And Sean produced this, right? He, yeah, he was an EP on it. Which is amazing. Uh-huh. He's such an incredible an executive mentor producer. throughout it. Yeah, it's he, yeah. Anybody an executive. Needs to know. It, it is in fact an executive producer. If anybody out there is listening, <laughs> it's not and Abby and Abby and Way, who have been so incredible as well. Leo's company, which see, to, oh, see now I'm I'm the one that's like, oh, excuse me, let me pick Leo, up that name. Let me pick Leo's up Leo's company. <laughs> and who is Leo? Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Okay, let's yeah. take a call. I had lunch Leonardo with DiCaprio. I had lunch with Leo once. Isn't he lovely? He is quite lovely. I love him. He's so oh, you know what? I actually so had dinner oh. in a big group with Leo. <laughs> Go on. I did. Well, I, okay. This is. Are we ready for our um, final thoughts? <laughs> are we going to play name that pumpkin? <laughs> I don't think we're ready for that. Okay. I don't. By the way, I feel. I mean. Mm-hmm. You must have gone through ebbs and flows in your life where you're like, please, not one person call me punky today. I've gone through a lot of ebbs and flows. I am being completely transparently honest when I say that I am so down that if anyone ever wants to call me punky, they can come up and call me punky. Like that is Aww. how much I, I, I mean, I don't mean that in like a, uh, it's, like well, I a really do. I really do. It's part love of her you. So much. She's like, my, of, like, yeah, I feel that's like so cute. we all that's have that little sweet. superhero inside of us. And I feel like she's my, my little superhero. Cause so. I'm sure you've hung out with other actors who people know them from whatever, yes. you know, that one thing that put them on the map and they're like, yeah, boy. Totally. They think and, I, my name is really George Costanza. And, and, and at the same time, and I, okay, I understand like that people can get, at the same time, that has been our choice. Like, like right. when we decide to put ourselves out there to do yeah. what we do, I feel like it's our responsibility in a way to, you know, to like. But I always, I always feel. To answer to our TV names. <laughs> I mean, or at least not to be bitter about it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like to be, to be grateful, poor, right? Yeah. 
What about the poor actors that are known for like horrible, like, (laughs) oh, what's his, what's the name of the cute mean guy that was in uh, The Shape of Water? You know that actor, Michael, somebody, and he's kind of the mean, he always plays Take your time, Cheryl. Keep, keep, uh, (laughs) keep trying to think of his name. It makes for a good show. I I understand. I understand. But, you know, some people that people love to hate. Imagine those guys. That mm-hmm. sucks. Well, you're lucky because you're Cheryl on TV. Which is also confusing. And not to mention, like, I mean, you're like the most, I mean, one of the most beloved people in the world. How do you oh, feel about it? I mean, Tig, do you? Tig, are you listening to this? You're I mean, beloved. I I'm love sexy. you. I'll take like, sexy. I, and you are so hot trending on Twitter. Yeah. And that I is, cannot yes. wait to yeah. pull up. The show where can I oh. find the show where you did it without the top on? Oh, on oh, HBO. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Boyish um, yeah. girl interrupted. Oh is boy, the show. don't worry. She's about to plug it. I'm so um, excited. Okay, Tig, it's yeah. time for happily ever after thoughts, where we give our final thoughts on this week's mm-hmm. documentary. Did you cry, Tig? I did not cry. Sometimes we cry. F- for ridiculous reasons during the films that we watch but this time I kept it together <laughs> here's let me tell you the documentary that made Cheryl cry I want to know hands on a hard body <laughs> oh Do you know what that I is love, yeah I love that okay documentary. okay yes. okay so you get, you she, get it. she gets yes. she okay if I can I can, if I can mention that there's a documentary about me as well and 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 follows me through all of my um health struggles Cheryl didn't shed a tear, but you put your hands on a heart on a, tr- a pickup <laughs> no, truck. Because by the way, the this woman, guy he put his hands on the pickup truck for days. I mean, I'm yeah. talking about days. Right, I and went his through feet, four months. His feet hurt. He was hungry. You th- he uh, he right. was tired, and then he gave the truck. I had to my his tits wife. ripped off and tossed in a dumpster. Then he gave <laughs> the truck to his wife. That was like, I mean, okay, so she's not a crying. dry eye in the house. She's crying. Okay, and the the other the other question we yeah. ask at the end of every show, yeah. Cheryl, go um, ahead and ask it. Uh, so, like, who were you attracted to in this film? That's our final question. <laughs> this is the, how we that's end. That's how our... we end every episode. Who were you attracted to? Everyone. Oh. <laughs> wow, we've never had that. Did answer. you have a lot of flings with a lot of people in that? Did I hook up? Are you asking if I hooked up with any of the interview subjects when I was younger? Mm. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, that was a quick so yes. Who were you most attracted to out of all of those people? When I was younger? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I couldn't name one because, mm. I, I mean, you know, when I think back, so Brian was has always been such an important, piv- so pivotal part of is my he, life. Brian Austin Green? Is yeah, so yeah. sweet. Okay. He, he seems so, I mean, every time I see him, he seems so fun and he nice. He would pull up, he would pick me up from school and his like Bronco. And you made out with him? You made out with him? When yeah. We, when we, yeah, when we were younger, we made up. Cheryl, yeah. um, I just want clarity. Yeah, give you look. And, she's blushing and just then, talking about it. And then, um, and then, let's see. And then, Dan, Dan, I, Danny, we did kiss once. Danny, you made up with Mario Lopez once when I was doing Say by the Bell. Oh. <laughs> Okay. But I also kissed, wait, I also kissed Mark Still. Paul. This is, you're getting all the oh, juice. Wow. A different time, though, when I was younger, because okay. he did Punky. 
I'm oh. way oversharing here. Prong wow. I forgot this is going out to the so world. So when you were like 11 or something? I mean, yeah, it was like like cute, like innocent little kids. Cheryl, who are you attracted to? Um, I always think that... Um, <laughs> I always think that Mario Lopez is cute. <laughs> like, if I was in an elevator with a group of people, oh boy. and the world you was and your elevators. Know, and the Why world. does every makeout take place in an elevator? <laughs> yes, I'm just telling you. And you didn't know if you were gonna, you know, live after the Cheryl, next. Cheryl, <laughs> this is the weirdest. Thing. Out of all the guys in the dock, that would be the one you'd pick. That's it. I love that. It's, I, by the way, I love Mario. I think that's so right. amazing. He's adorable. I taught him how to play poker. By the way, I he'll tell you. You did. Yeah, he it. will tell you that. Too. Does he know that you you got a thing for him? No, I don't. Well, now he does. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everyone's no. listening to this show. Oh, by the way, we've totally left out Mark Wahlberg, who also mm. was super dreamy at the time. Who yeah, I, yeah, I did, yeah. yeah, I did a movie yeah. with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, People used to think I looked like Mark Wahlberg. Right now they think you look like Tom Cruise. Right. Who were you attracted to? I was attracted to Brian Austin Green. He is oh, cute he's too. Sweet. He is the cutest there. and he does seem like the nicest. Yeah. Right? man alive not nicer than mario lopez i'm sorry nicer way okay. like he's like so sweet, the most right? authentic he, he sweetest, is he's very cutest. sweet he is very sweet and and he's single he mm. i know i think he has a girlfriend he's so sweet though i mean he's been like are such, you interested he's been such a dear friend of mine are you talking about tig's interested yeah i'm asking uh, tig seems so i'm curious. just wondering i'm just wondering you know just line it up in case things yeah. go south yeah. Yeah, I liked you. We liked your group of of people that you hung mm. out with. They're fun. Mm. Um, I hate to say that we're really. This is yeah. really it. It's the end of um, the show. Soleil, Soleil, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Let's just focus on Soleil this week, Tig. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you for having me, and this has been oh. truly such a joy. Thank you the so much all for ours. taking the time to do our show. And then, um, yes, you can stream Punky Brewster right now on Peacock TV, and you can uh, stream Kid 90 right now on Hulu, and you can learn about the incredible work we're doing with CORE and CORE Response right now, and and get involved if people want to volunteer if they want to donate um i'm really so proud of the work that we're doing and that's amazing that's awesome all right well thank you so much that was so so fun thank and you. you're i just wanted to promote something no we don't we're out of time i have um, a book i have a book i have we're, uh, we're out of time netflix but, specials uh thank H- you so much an hbo special com- new hbo special coming out we have to we'll july have time later to talk about it 24th okay i have my uh, amazon tv yeah. series one mississippi okay i'm on a show called it curb your enthusiasm on hbo and I think it's on HBO Max. I Obsessed. have a, an online series yes. called um, Under a Rock with Tig Notaro. All show. right. Uh, I'm also on Star Trek Discovery. Okay. Um, should we talk about what we're... What I also film? have another podcast called Don't Ask Tig. <laughs> you guys join us next week when we talk about the documentary Tickled. <laughs> 
Soleil, thank you so much. Thank you. you. Guys, thank it was you so, so incredible much. having you. you so guys, great talking oh, to you. You are just an inspiration, and I'm so oh. grateful, you guys. Thank you so much for thank having me. Thank you. I really am so thankful. Thank you. All right, Congrats well, we'll see you out and about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we will oh, see you out and about. So much. Yes. I can't wait. Don't give guys? my number to Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's our new tagline. <laughs> and don't give my number to and Brooke. And don't give my number to Brooke. <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh, my God. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye. Cheryl, should we do this again? Yeah, let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Cheryl Hines, and Tig Notaro. It's produced by Gabby Kovacic and Thomas Willett. Audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willett with music by David Susson. Special thanks to Patrick McDonald and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. You can email us at tigandcherylTrueStory at gmail.com. That was a HeadGum Podcast.